This episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page Homeschool Curriculum, How Children Want to Learn. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast. Episode number 47. In this episode, the moms detail their plans for the new school year and share an interview with Kate Johnson, founder of Pandaya Press, publisher of Real Science Odyssey and History Odyssey. They learn about how the company began, all about their current programs, and where the company is going next. <laughs> Mom, where's my glasses? Mom, Mom. Honey, where's my glasses? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And we're, and we're the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 20 minutes, 54 seconds. And uh, for this week's catch up, we're going to do something a little bit different than we usually do, and we're going to share with you the curriculum that we're using for this school year, keeping in mind that it may change at any point in time, and we're going to share some of the things that we're doing to keep on track. And Tina, why don't you go first? So this year, Tiran is in fourth grade and Maven is in eighth grade, although it's just basically on paper. It doesn't really mean anything to us. <laughs> exactly. It's just because people ask. Right, exactly. And, and then it also helps them to know which enrichment classes to go to, but other than that... Yeah, that too. Not really relevant. (laughs) So I did a big change of gears, um, which I know I've mentioned in the podcast in the last couple episodes, and I'm in the process of um, blogging about it. So by the time this episode is out, there'll be a pretty detailed blog post about it. But I did start blogging about it, and I'll put that link in the show notes, um, about why I changed gears and why I dropped curriculum, blah, blah, blah. I won't get into all of it now because I detail it pretty well in that one blog post and then I will have more in the next blog post. So, But the gist of it is I'm now using a stations-based system instead of curriculum. Um, I, although I do still use uh, Math Mammoth. That's the one curriculum that we did hold on to because that works really well for us still, luckily. Yeah. Let's see. So for all of our subjects... Except for math, of course. We're <laughs> using, instead of textbooks and curriculum, we're now using library books and online videos and a whole bunch of different games. And I'm finding all kinds of projects on the web and activity books, um, projects from activity books. And I have a bunch of books I already own, which I never use. So I'm finally dragging those out and bringing those out to use. And I'm finding podcasts and audiobooks and, of course, field trips and anything else I can come up with that's fun and educational at the same time. Um, using those, and instead of basing all their learning around the school subjects like science, math, language arts, social studies, those kind of things, I'm basing it all on the experiences I want them to have. So I'm organizing our days around activity-based stations. So I have watch something, listen to something station, read something station, write something station, play something station, and create something station and then there's a math station and the stations aren't anything elaborate it's not like I set up a big booth or anything like that in my (laughs) house it's like the game station is like or playstation whatever it feels weird saying that because I know that's a game system (laughs) every time I say playstation I'm like no well but not the you know (laughs) yeah not the playstation a play space station yeah someplace something to play with I have uh, shelves I'm gesturing with my hands like everybody can see me (laughs) (laughs) Over there, I'm pointing. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> You're such a goof. 
I can't talk without my hands. <laughs> so um, anyway, I have shelves in our in our. Um, it's kind of like our schoolroom. We call it the big room. Um, it's got our art area and our kind of a play area. It's sort of a playroom. And I have a toy shelf in there. And so I shuffled all the toys around and took a whole bunch of stuff out of there and put just games on the top shelf that they can use for this station. So that's, I tell them, you know, when it's when you want to do a game, you go pick from these games over there. And I picked games that are educational. And... Um, um, in one way or another. I mean, Uno even is educational, I think, you know, your match. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot of problem solving and that kind of thing. And we have this really great game called Millborns where you're, where you're driving a car and you add it, you have to add up the mileage that, or the miles that you've gone. Actually, I guess oh, yeah, I remember that game. I think it's kilometers, actually, because it's a French game. But yeah, so you're having to add up the miles and it's a super fun game. And, that kind of thing, and so, and then we have a math board game, and anyway, and so, and I threw in some other things like Clue, because that's like problem solving and stuff, you know, I threw all kinds of fun stuff in there, and so we pretty much basically start every day off with a game, which is working out to be fabulous. The kids really love doing it, and it's forcing me to play games when I wouldn't normally, because I've always wanted to play lots of games with them, but <laughs> I'm just not really much of a game person, so when I made it part of their education, I'm like, I have to do this, so actually I'm having fun with it. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, it's been really, really fun. You know, and so then, like, you know, book station is just like a bookshelf, and uh, I'm, uh, read station, sorry, and watch, I have a laptop for, for the watch station and all that kind of thing. Anyway, it's pretty simple. And I'm going to be, I have pictures that I've taken of everything and I'm, I'm actually already started a blog post about it. So, so check out homeschoolrealm.com um, for posts uh, about that. So, um, and then when it finally is up, I'll put the post in the show notes. So, so anyway, that's the gist of what we're doing. Like I said, no curriculum. So I just give them a whole bunch of activities within each station that they can choose from. So it's all stuff that I've vetted already. Um, and I try to fill it up with stuff that's based around the time period that we're doing. So we're doing sto- the, well, prehistoric, so includes Stone Age. And we're doing evolution and also, well, they haven't picked up the books yet. But we'll be reading some about the creation stories from around the world as well and um, different things like that. So everything that's within the stations, whenever I can insert something related to the time period that we're, where we're learning about, I do that. And it's easy with the videos and the books pretty much, but some of the other things like the projects, I have to get a little more creative. We did some volcano and some play tech. We did Oreo tectonics. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oreo play tectonics is so fun. That's fun. <laughs> we did that. I made them watch a couple of videos about play tectonics first. And then we did the, ac- the activity and oh my gosh, so fun. So that was their create station for the day. Cause it's a little bit of a stretch cause it's not always, creating but I put science projects in with the create station so (laughs) yeah and then we're doing art like every day practically too so that's really fun and educational I think so um let's see so I have a checklist that I'm going to put a a picture in the in the show notes um of what I it's like a chart that the kids just there's seven stations I only have them do five each day and then they just check off as they've done it just so they can keep track of what they've already done and then I have a little space at the bottom for myself to initial just for myself to know that I've already checked that they did everything and they're supposed to journal everything they're doing they write like a sentence or two about what they just did and if it's something like a book they read then they have to write a little bit about what they read about and um and that goes into their notebook. And so I just check their notebook to make sure that they've done it. Tier and I only make them write a little, very small amount. Maven's actually writing paragraphs, which is actually amazing because she's doing it all on her own. I'm like, holy cow, I should have done this years ago. Awesome. <laughs> she's actually getting into it. She's actually writing a lot more than I expected her to just because she's just writing about what we're doing. So um, so then they, you know, and so I, I initial it just so that um, 
I know that I've checked it already, and then they can move on with their day and get on with their computer time. <laughs> so for my planner, I don't actually have an actual planner that I'm using. What I'm using is Pinterest. I'm actually using Pinterest as my planner. Use, going by the idea of, I know I've mentioned it before, the red, amber, and green list that Julie from homeschoolingideas.com has, um, putting a link in the show notes to her book, um, Plan Spontaneity, because that's where I got the idea from. So cool. So you have like a red list, which is all your brainstorming and activities to do someday. And I actually have each of my boards is, is actually segregated by subject. So I, cause I've done that for years, you know, since Pinterest started, I've always had like a homeschool science board and a homeschool art board and that kind of thing. So now I'm just using those as my red list. That's my red list. And then periodically I take the kids to my computer like every other week or so. I've, I've well, it's only been two weeks, but I did it like <laughs> the first time and then I've done it recently. <laughs> so it ends up being about every other week. Um, I have them go through and pick the ones that look interesting to them that they really want to do. And I move them to a private board that I have that is um, called my Amber list, which is the getting ready to get those projects ready kind of thing. And then um, once I have all the supplies and everything's completely ready to go, I move it to another private board I have, which is a green list. And that means it's ready to go. And then it's, and it's already stocked out at the stations and everything's ready to go. So it's been working really well. It actually keeps me in check um, constantly having to make sure that I keep refilling it. And I always put way more options than what they'd be able to do for the week. So I don't really have to do reboot it every single week, really. Um, um, And I make those boards private because it just, I don't know, it it just seems private to me. (laughs) So I I didn't really, I don't know, for whatever reason, I've just made those boards private because I just didn't feel like something people would want to search for because all this stuff is still on my other boards too, so. I was going. I was going to fetch the the links for them, and then you're all in the private. And I'm all, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I made those private. I mean, I don't know. I suppose if some people really wanted to see it, um, I could always make them public. But they're not that exciting, and they change constantly because I'm moving stuff. That's like, why I was thinking they'd be fun for people to see because they change constantly. Oh, and you, that's and, true. Yeah, and people might be interested in doing the same things that you're doing. I that's mean, that's true. That's true. Well, I can make them public, I guess. If well, see, but why don't we just have people comment on this? Um, episode, episode. then we'll see if anybody's interested in, in seeing what I'm doing. <laughs> there we go. So if you want to see what Tina's doing, leave a comment and say, yes, I want to see what Tina's doing. And I'll <laughs> add those links to the show notes. There we go. So anyway, it's working out really, really great. And using Pinterest has been a huge thing for me because um, I already had a gigantic amount of pins in there. So I'm just going back to all, you know, you always say, oh, I'll get to these pins someday. Well, I'm finally actually getting to some of these pins and it feels really good <laughs> to finally, oh, you know what? Actually, I just remembered. I um, I actually do have a board that I just created that's called uh, something like... Um, completed projects? Yeah, completed projects. And so that's where all the stuff that I've finished is going. So that would show people. I will link that then. Yeah, yeah. So I have that and I put that way at the top of my of my account so that people could see it right away. I got it. Yay. So, um, but it's cool. Cause I, like I have like a pocket system, like a hanging pocket system for their writing assignments. I only make them do uh, a full on writing assignment once a week on Fridays. And, um, and I just put photocopies of like activity books or something I got on the web of a, of like a writing assignment kind of thing, like creative writing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's like 10 pockets. So I, and each page that I'm photocopying from the books have like three or four or five activities. So I just 
stock it and then every once in a while I have to go and put a couple more because they're only doing one of those a week. <laughs> so like the, I think the biggest work has been just rebooting all of the activity materials but at, I actually am having a lot of fun with that so I don't really mind doing that and uh, so that's it's it's working out really well so far. Now talk to me in a couple months <laughs> who knows what's going to happen because those of you who have been listening to me for any length of time know that I'm all over the place so but I'm hoping because this is working so well for us right now and we're all having a really good time with it that um that maybe this might be the way at least for now the way that works for us finally so there you go yeah so i'm having a lot of fun with that so what are you guys doing completely the opposite i know (laughs) (laughs) so we officially started schooling two weeks ago as you did i'm sure and so far it's going really super well one thing i am trying to do Uh, differently is I'm trying not to be such a hermit I'm such a hermit it's sickening for being such an extrovert I'm I'm really a hermit and so I've been planning play dates and um, in fact we had one on Friday and we made these awesome tie-dyed shirts with sharpies which Dean dropped in the laundry and um yeah it was not a happy outcome oh no yeah he was he felt so bad about it he had no idea But um, I'm hoping I can repair them with actual, like, tie-dye stuff and, like, make them wearable again because they were super cute. The kids did such a great job on them. Mm -hmm. And that, like, countered as science. So I'm trying to do, like, some more spontaneous things like that. Um, So what we are using, uh, both kids – okay, so Danny is in seventh grade and Jack-Jack is in third grade. And um, so both of them are using History Odyssey and we're on Modern Times. That's from Pandia Press, and it uses Story of the World and Usborne's Illustrated History, World History, I think. Encyclopedia uh, of World History. Yeah, I don't have the book right in front of me, so. I think it's called Encyclopedia of World uh, Usborne's Encyclopedia of World History. Oh, I thought it was like Internet Linked, or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, Internet Linked is in the title somewhere, too, but yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> Everybody knows that book. That's yeah. like, you know, that's a staple pretty much in all yeah. of our homes, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. And so... Um, for Danny, she is using Moving Beyond the Page, um, level 10 to 12. She's using it mainly for language arts, but there's also some science and some social studies incorporated in it as well. Um, she is using Real Science Odyssey uh, Biology 2 from Pandia Press. Now, you know, I've mentioned that before. We tried to do it last year, and it didn't work out because we weren't able to get the microscope that we right. really needed to be able to do it. And this year, we are lucky enough that my mom uh, got us a microscope, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as I may have mentioned before. Awesome microscope from Home Science Tools. And um, we love it, and it's going really well so far. Fingers crossed that it continues to go well. <laughs> she is using Math Mammoth, um, finishing up sixth grade. We weren't quite done with it yet. And um, looks like the seventh grade was just published. Yep. So I don't know about you, but I did a little happy dance when you told me that. Because I <laughs> yeah. was starting to get very nervous looking at the, the uh, diminishing pile of math sheets that I had and thinking I don't have anything to fill a gap. So <laughs> yay, no gap filling. Um, and she's also using handwriting without tears cursive success because she really wanted to learn to write in cursive. And, um, I never really felt like that was one of those things that was super important to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like actually keyboarding is probably more important, but she, uh, expressed an interest. And so she's yeah. doing that and she's doing really well with it. She's got beautiful handwriting. If it I think continue- it's good also for being able to read cursive. If nothing yeah. else, you know, that's why I think- Maven did that a couple of years ago and used it as Neilian. Uh, cursive book and and I just mainly was saying I just want you to you got to get familiar with it so when you're looking at it you know what you're looking at (laughs) exactly yeah because some of the letters are kind of crazy they are Uh, 
So that's, you know, and, and then Jack is using uh, Moving Beyond the Page, ages six to eight. Um, and that, his definitely incorporates all of the science and the social studies in it and math. And just, it covers a great deal of um, subjects. And um, we haven't started yet because we're only two weeks in and I'm still working on scheduling. But he's going to be doing Real Science Odyssey Chemistry 1. And I'm looking forward to that one. As I've mentioned before, I did it with Danny and we had a great, great time doing it so I'm looking forward to doing it with Jack and um, we're using math mammoth the fourth grade level Um, my son rocks at math Mm -hmm. and um, he is really ready for fourth grade math so there he is Um, also he's doing handwriting without tears and he's working on the printing power book with his um, some of his issues that he has going on he has problems with um, printing and so um, he's using one of the lower level printing books but we just got this new thing it's called a rocket pencil have you ever seen this thing uh-uh. it's kind of shaped like a y and oh. you put the the y part in your thumb and it's got a resting place for your thumb and then the rest of the pencil of course rests between your fingers like a normal pencil and it actually helps battle fatigue that you get from writing and um, so this rocket pencil has been awesome we love it and um, and it's helping a lot with his um, his printing we're also using all about reading level one now we're almost finished with level one and um, I fingers crossed we'll be able to get level two pretty quickly and um, I can't say enough good things about this we started this summer and my son knew a few sight words and that was about it and um, as of now he is reading wow. he yeah he um, he uh, the, the all about reading program comes with books full of short stories and he's finished two of them already and he is about halfway through the third one and um, with the exception of proper names I don't know what the thing is about proper names he has trouble with those but with the exception of proper names he pretty much reads the whole thing by himself so I'm pretty jazzed about that and I have lots of good things to say about all about reading (laughs) and for planning purposes I have these fantastic weekly schedule pages that I printed off from artsy fartsy mama excuse the title (laughs) <laughs> and I use those to map out what subjects I want to cover on what days, as well as penciling in our enrichment classes and all the therapies we go to and any other things that could affect our weekly workflow. And um, the pages also have a place for me to pencil in the things that I want to get done during that week, but I don't have a specific time frame that they need to get done in. And um, if those things don't get completed, they just get moved over to the next week's um page and they're super pretty and colorful and they're free so i put the link in the show notes and of course i like the purple one best but i had to make myself print all of the different colors off so i didn't have multiple ones (laughs) (laughs) and then at the end of each day I transfer everything that we've done in their various subjects to the Homeschool Helper app, which I use um, to create beautiful reports for the charter school at the end of each month. Um, I used to plan everything out in Homeschool Helper at the beginning. You guys remember last year, I was so excited. I was like, I've got everything planned for the next six months. Uh And then I would miss a math lesson and have to Uh bump everything forward. And I would miss a reading lesson and bump everything forward. And it was kind of um, not how I wanted to do things. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. It's not because it makes me, it, it's just like when the reason we left the online charter because all those little red things that I didn't yeah. get made me so anxious. It's the same thing. So I go still, back to your ta-da lists instead of your yes, to-do lists. <laughs> exactly what it is. The Homeschool Helper app now, I use it as a ta-da list as awesome. opposed to a to-do list. Mm-hmm. This is what we got done today. And it also is 
nice because now I'm more motivated to put in the things that aren't scheduled. Like mm-hmm. we made tie-dye shirts with Sharpies and learned how something that's uh, alcohol-soluble breaks down in alcohol but not in water. That's science, man. Yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm more motivated to put those kinds of things into the uh, into our reports that I never really did before because, you know, everything was planned out, exactly what we're going to do on every day. So I still love the Homeschool Helper app. It still makes beautiful reports that I turn into the teacher, but um, I'm not using it um, to hold myself down yeah. and to, to make myself feel bad about not getting stuff done. Yeah. But that being said... I have not missed anything that I had planned for the first two weeks. So I'm pretty pleased about that. So anyways, by using the paper and pencil way of planning and then using the Homeschool Helper app for reporting, it's just really taken a lot of pressure off of me and it's made things a lot nicer. So it's pretty cool. Let's hope going forward it stays that way. But as we know, things change on a daily basis. Yeah, they do. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where we are right now. Yep. Awesome. So now we'd like to give some time to our sponsors. Yeah, and we are super excited today because we have two new sponsors. Yay! Welcome to Math Mammoth and Pandia Press. Yay! <laughs> this episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects and activities, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. And by Math Mammoth, the math curriculum all the Savvy Homeschool kids are using. Math Mammoth offers affordable, high-quality, mastery-based work texts and workbooks for grades 1 through 7. Our moms love that it fosters independent learning, since the work texts are nearly self-teaching, requiring very little teacher preparation. Check out free samples and placement tests and learn more at mathmammoth.com. Click Buy at Coggy and enter the code SAVVYMOMS to save 25% off your order. This episode also sponsored by Pandia Press, publishers of comprehensive science and history curriculum. We love the hands-on labs incorporated into Real Science Odyssey and the fun projects that we do with History Odyssey. Pandia Press offers a fantastic try before you buy on their website so you can see how the program works for yourself. Visit pandiapress.com for more information. And now we'd like to share with you the interview with Kate Johnson of Pandia Press. Today we're joined by Kate Johnson, homeschooling mother of five, who, along with her husband Mike, founded Pandia Press, publisher of Real Science Odyssey and History Odyssey. So Kate, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yay. So um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and why you decided to homeschool and how long you've been homeschooling? Sure. Um, Well, I'm... Forty-ish. Realize <laughs> today I'm closer to fifty than I am to forty. <laughs> um, I live in Central Florida with my husband of three years, and we are a blended modern family, like so many homeschoolers. I have uh, four children, two boys and two girls, and Mike has a daughter, and he's now a grandpa. Oh wow. Oh. Yep, and I'm the wife of a grandpa. Oh wow. <laughs> Not a grandma. <laughs> um, 
Um, my oldest is uh, 20, and she is a junior at Florida International University down in Miami. She is a uh, biology major, hoping to either be pre-med or to go into some sort of microbiology plant research. She's not sure, mm-hmm. but definitely science. She's a science girl. Mm-hmm. And um, my oldest son is 18, and he just moved out last week. Oh, so, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the house is very quiet, <laughs> and um, he is uh, going to the, a local college and is entering the nursing program because he wants to be a nurse anesthetist. Nice. Um, yeah, and so that leaves me two at home, Gracie, who's seven, and Charlie, who's 13. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I started homeschooling um, out of necessity when Sarah, my oldest was five. We had moved to an area, Florida, with my first husband um, that was very, very isolated. And the we had one option, one that was public school. And um, there was a lot of racism, gangs. Mm-hmm. And in Florida, they um, give school grades. I don't know if they do that in other states, but um, it was an F school. Oh, oh no. My. Yeah, so that's why I started homeschooling. I never thought it was something that I knew. I had known a couple of families that had homeschooled, but it was never something that was on the radar for me um, until that happened and I was forced into it. Um, so though I started out in necessity, I continued out of choice because we moved from the area after about four years um, and I just continued even though we, we had you know nice schools around us, mostly because I love the freedom that that homeschooling gave us. Um, mm-hmm. You hear people all the time saying, I don't know how you homeschool, you know, it would be so hard. I could never do that. And so I, know. I honestly yep. don't know how people send their kids to public. I know, school. right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, so much with getting up early in the morning and uh-huh. the homework the night before and following their schedule that they have and all that. I mean, we would, you know, homeschool on a Sunday at eight o'clock at night, like tonight, or mm-hmm. we would, uh, and we take Tuesday off, you know, yeah. and go to Disney or something when nobody's there. Yeah. Um, so I loved the freedom that it gave us. So we continued, um, on, um, so Sarah was homeschooled the whole time, except for her last year of high school. She chose to enter the high school that last year, public school, um, which was quite nerve wracking for mm-hmm. me because it was you know, it was totally, you know, like if, you know, it was basically telling me what a good job I did or a bad job I did, oh, depending yeah. on how she did. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she had never really been tested or been graded or anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's above a, above a 4.0. She's oh, wow. did straight A's and she continues that into um, college. So I just, I love to tell people that story because I was always this nervous homeschooling mom. Like, did I do enough? And, you know, some days I felt like, you know, I was the best homeschooling mom on the planet. And then other <laughs> days I felt like a total failure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, we had weeks where we did nothing because mm-hmm. there just was just nothing happening or I was so busy with the business or whatever. Um, and yet th- my kids have done so well. My my son, um, he also entered high school in his junior year. So he was homeschooled the whole time up until his junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And he entered the public school. And he did equally as well. Um, and now he's on full scholarship, you know, for um, for college. So um, so that's pretty much that. Charlie, uh, my 13-year-old, he's actually at the Montessori, our local Montessori school this year. He wanted to go there. Um, and we did, tried it last year, and we're going to try it again next year. Um, that's his choice. Um, I, I've always used 
homeschooling and public school and private schools um, to my advantage. And and if it behooves us to to use you know one of them for a short time and then I take them out, I do that. And mm-hmm. and I've never had a problem with that. It just depends on what's going on in our lives and more about what's going on with my children and they're also different and they want different things at different times and sometimes it just works for them to be in in a school environment the good thing about charlie going into the local montessori school is they're actually using history odyssey and real science Ah, that's great yeah so i feel like i'm still homeschooling (laughs) (laughs) but but i'm gonna miss it doing you know not being able to do that this year um and so that leaves gracie who's got some reading issues. So we're going to be using some private, uh, not private tutoring, but actually the public school is going to give her some um, tutoring for reading this year, but then I will be um, teaching her the rest of her subjects at home. Mm-hmm. So down from weird, huh? four to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's wow. lonely. It's hard work with one. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Uh, <laughs> Becky, you have, how many are you doing now? I do two. You, you do two? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, um, I've never had to just homeschool one child and, and it's, you know, it um, seems so quiet, but um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, we usually like to take a peek into our guests' lives. So can you tell us what a typical day looks like in your family? Oh, typical. Yeah, every day is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, right. we, yeah, that's what we often say. We know there's no such thing as a typical day, but... <laughs> Ideal. Uh, well, you know, there's good and bad. Um, we we tended to homeschool in bursts, and we took a lot of trips. We took two cross country trips during my homeschooling career. Um, both of them were two months long, and you know, we just dropped everything and went everywhere. Um, and then I would take off big chunks of time when I had um, a new release with Pandaya Press or something like that going on. So. Um, because I realized that we were homeschooling in bursts and it was kind of year round, we found that um, block scheduling worked the best for us. I don't know if you're familiar with, um, if you guys have talked about block uh-uh. scheduling. I don't think no, we have. Think so. um, block scheduling is where you, you take a subject, um, a course, like for instance, a chemistry course, and instead of doing it in a whole year and doing like several like four or five subjects in a day, uh-huh. you just do that. Oh. <laughs> and, and probably we always did math every day. And if they were studying a foreign language, we always did that every day. And then if they were doing music, we always did that every day. But other than that, we blocked everything else. Oh. So we would take a course and we would finish it in like um, three months, maybe 12 weeks wow. and instead of 36 weeks. Mm-hmm. And, um, we would spend literally like two or three hours every day just doing chemistry and we oh, would fun. get through it. And, and we found it worked because um, it really allowed us to, to delve into the subject and to fully immerse in it. And um, the kids liked it. They weren't having to stop and go, you know, with, you know, time to move on, you know, to another subject right. type of um, learning. Um, so it worked for us. And um, usually, you know, the kids would, would get up when they got up. I had early risers and, you know, late risers. Um, and they would, uh, we would spend the first, probably before lunch doing what I would call table work, although it never seemed to happen at the table, (laughs) (laughs) uh, that they had, you know, their book work to do. Uh Um, and then, you know, the rest of the day they were either doing projects or, um, movies or some outing that we have, or I was, you know, here in the office working, um, for the remainder of the day. So, um, that was probably a typical day. That was a long. Very cool. So I am. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I've been dying to ask you this question. How did you and your husband come to create Pandia Press? Pandia Press. I can't get used to saying Pandia. <laughs> it's it's a Greek word, so uh-huh. who knows? You know, <laughs> be pronounced. Um, either way is fine. Um, actually, um, and I remind him of this frequently. I created. Did <laughs> you? Oh, yeah. Long before you know he met me. Oh, I um, see. Yeah, because he, you know, he's he's kind of reaping, I guess, a lot of the benefits of an established <laughs> business um, that runs. He's helping now, but he didn't originally. He yeah. has helps tremendously yeah. now, and I, I have to give him credit for that, yes. But, you know, there were the, you know, 12-hour days when, you know, no money was being made, oh, and, yeah. you know, nobody knew who we were, and, right. you know, all that, that he didn't have to experience. But right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started a homeschool-related business about 12 years ago, which was Classical Home Education, uh-huh. which is now defunct. Um, and I um, I was selling other people's stuff. I was bundling um, uh, different materials together from different publishers, like a first-grade curriculum and a second-grade curriculum, uh-huh. and then um, started to notice the, the holes, you know, that were – you know, not available to homeschoolers. There was a lot of school curriculum being adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I created um, the first product I created was the timeline. So I was selling that along with all these other people's books. And oh. that was doing so well um, that I began to talk to writers and um, started developing other things and then finally sold off um, classical home education and um, and then renamed it Pandaya Press, and that mm-hmm. was in 2004, I believe. Um, so 10 years. Wow. But um, I just wanted to do a home business and be able to stay home with my kids, and I was so immersed in homeschooling, and I have a little bit of a curriculum addiction, as I know a lot of <laughs> moms do. Yeah. So um, I really wanted to do something with that. And it's at, what, been- at what point did you uh, add people to your add staff? I, well, I really don't have any stuff. Oh, you don't? No, I know, um, you know, you, Becky. You contract. Things. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, the writers are all paid royalties. I see. Um, you know, I 1099 my husband at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, the kids help out a lot, but, um, you know, we've always just worked out of the house here. We have a nice office, uh-huh. um, and it's, there just hasn't, you know, I guess you reach this point where, you know, where you could, you can get bigger or you can, um, you know, the big, the big change that we made was we now use a fulfillment center in Michigan mm-hmm. and, um, that way we can sell retail. So oh, I see. Yeah. So they, so they, they package up your orders. They do. The yeah. orders go, go right to them and they, oh, nice. they print, they print the books and they fulfill the orders and they send them out and it's a, you know, a nice seamless process uh-huh. and um, allows uh, my husband and I to focus on growing the business. Definitely. That's really cool. Awesome. awesome. So what makes Pandaya's curriculum different from other curriculum? You started to talk a little bit about that, but yeah, well, first and foremost, I guess it's because it's secular. Um, right. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we first started 10 years ago, um, we were one of the, the first, if not the first classical education based secular uh-huh. curriculum provider and there were only a handful of I don't even know I don't even know 10 years ago <sighs> any specific homeschool secular yeah I, um and at that point I mean I'll, we'll talk more about that I'm sure but that word secular um it wasn't <laughs> even wasn't even part of my vocabulary because you know we were just producing courses and they weren't faith-based but to me they were just school you know yeah. and um 
the other thing is is that um, uh, I, I, all of our courses have the goal of, of teaching critical thinking. Mm-hmm. So there's no like read and re, you know report or just you know rote memorization, you know that that type of thing, or you know uh, busy work with all the worksheets that right. um, that you see a lot. Um, and so we try to use critical thinking, um, and we use historic and scientific method are our prevailing themes um, in all of our courses. Also, um, we bring topics to young children that are often reserved for high school. You know, we're teaching chemistry in third grade, we're yep. teaching mm-hmm. physics in fourth grade, um, and a lot of that is the classical education model. Um, so I think those – is there anything else that – I know um, – that Becky, you've used some of the courses. Um, if there's anything that you found that might be more unique than, well, I definitely like the the fact that, um, like you said, chemistry is being introduced very young. Um, I don't know if I've told you this story. I've, I don't. Know, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I have a friend who's the head of a chemistry department at a high school. Mm-hmm. And when I first was looking into the chemistry curriculum, I took it to him and I said, can you take a look at this and tell me what you think of it? And he um, took it away and then came back to me about two weeks later and he handed it back to me and he said, if I was going to be teaching chemistry to someone, you know, under fourth grade, this is exactly how I would do it. These are exactly the building blocks that you need to be able to move on to do higher level chemistry. And I was like, so psyched about that. (laughs) That's awesome because, you know, a lot of times in, um, in science books that you might do with younger kids, it's it's either worksheets or it's um, just a, a bunch of labs. You know, there's like might be some chemistry kind of related, like fun stuff you can do, but there's no real theory taught behind that. And, you know, we're introducing the periodic table yep. um, to third graders. You know, they're they're learning, you know, stuff that is is definitely I know that um, at the high schools that we end up, the high school that I have here locally and definitely the middle, the middle school and the elementary school, they don't teach science at all in elementary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. awful. I, it makes me so sad. All those kids that aren't taking really cool. Well, cause it's not tested. Classes. So they don't. Yeah. Care. Right. right. Exactly. It's not <laughs> on the test. So who cares? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm, so I'm so jazzed. I, um, you know, I, I finally got to loop back around with Jack because I had done all of the um, lower level stuff with Danielle from um, Pandia Press already. And so I'm so excited to be looping back with Jack and doing it now. Like we're starting chemistry this fall. I'm so excited. Oh, good. That's my favorite course. I'm going to have so much fun juggling chemistry and bio too. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have to call me. We'll talk about that one. <laughs> well, well, the level two courses are meant to be. Um, more independent. Exactly. That's what so I... You shouldn't necessarily have to teach it, you know. Right. right. I'm not going to have to handhold. I'm just going to have to, like, I don't trust... I mean, I'm, I love my children, but neither one of them are allowed to pick up the microscope, you know. So, <laughs> like, it'll be my job to get those things out and present, you know, uh, have the things available for her to do. But I am hoping that a lot of it will be able to be done independently. But the problem is whenever there's a, a really good lab, both of my kids want to be involved in it. They both want to watch and do it. So I know that Danielle's going to want to be, you know, involved in, in brother's labs and brother's going to want to be involved in sister's labs. It's just kind of the way it goes around here. Oh, <laughs> but it'll work. We'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> So you did mention that um, Pandia Press's um, materials are secular, so there is no religious content at all because our most of our listeners are secular homeschoolers like ourselves, so we're always yeah. concerned. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, the short answer is no. Um, <laughs> I reluctantly use that word secular. 
Um, because like I said, it wasn't even, you know, in the radar for me to use that before I, I was, uh, raised Catholic and went to Catholic schools and, um, never encountered this, um, this issue where there, you know, with faith-based history and science courses, it just wasn't, you know, part of my upbringing. Um, and it, it was completely foreign to me till I started to homeschool. And then I, you know, was buying curriculum and, you know, realized that, you know, this is a course based on faith more than it's based on science. And, um, you know, just something that I wasn't comfortable with, not to, um, you know, say that that's for everybody. And I think that one of the great things is that there's options mm-hmm. um, for for you, you know, what, whatever it is that you're interested in. So we are, we try to provide something that not only that I was comfortable with and that I wanted to teach my own kids, but hopefully, you know, meeting that need, um, you know, within the homeschooling community, thinking there's got to be, you know, other people out there that, you know, want science and history that's based on, you know, scientific method and historic method not you know based on some faith beliefs so that's what i try to to present and it's um only been you know recently that um it's become i think even more of an issue and there seems to be more of a divide um i certainly have a lot of christian homeschoolers that that use our courses Mm -hmm. and that are comfortable with it um so, you know, and then I think that coming out with biology too was kind of a, um, a big thing for us in this, this whole arena of secular versus <laughs> Christian based, you know, because there is a whole unit on evolution. Right. And I know that there were people that will skip the unit, you know, um, right. you know, and you know, whatever. I mean, it's whatever works for your family. Um, yeah. and certainly if what you're looking for is a faith based science course, there, I can give you the name of a dozen of yep. them out there. There's so, a lot of them out there. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of them out there. So, you know, um, it's, you know, hopefully um, meeting a need, though, um, for people that were looking for something different. Um, some of our history spines, though, because our, our history is um, is based on um, using multiple sources and not just trusting one source to find your historic information. Um, and that's part of the critical thinking that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So our spines that we use, um, and we researched and looked at and tried to find the best. Um, and of course, the best one out there for the elementary is really, it's the Usborne um, Encyclopedia of History, which yep. is a secular um a book. It's an, oh, it's an encyclopedia, one. though. It's not, you know, like a story science. Right. But then there's Story of the World, which everybody right. knows. And it's really the best out there. Yeah. It does have a slight Christian element, um, especially yeah. in the Ancients, Ancients book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't notice it so much in the others. I think that they did a good job with it and that it's yeah. um, uh, the stories that are supposed to be the Bible stories are kind of separated off, mm-hmm. you know, um, to make them, you know, you know, separate from, you know, the history part of it. Uh-huh. Um, but we do, we don't use the whole book in our ancients course um, because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we try to be as secular as possible, um, but sometimes there, um, there might be a resource that isn't 100% and we try right. to just, you know, use what we can of it. Mm-hmm. Sure. So is there an educational philosophy that Pedia Press's materials follow? Well, the science, um, like I said, it's it's based on scientific method and it's hands-on. Um, you know, a lot of times science courses seem to be either read and report with little to no activity or they're a book that's lab after lab after lab with no theory. So we try to bring these two together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we couple the reading, which has the theory in it, that it'll be infused with um, scientific methods and terminology and, and, and all that is, is in the reading part. But then we immediately follow the reading, which we tend to keep short, with um, hands-on activities that reinforce the theory. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and we, because science is an ever-changing field, we do our best and we're committed to keeping it up to date. Um, one of the latest things that we did was, was when um, Pluto was... Oh yeah, demoted, oh. downgraded. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I never. Pluto was never a planet, and I never believed it was. And if you read the course, if you if you if you look at our Earth and space level two, you I mean level one, you will uh, know why Pluto is not a planet. Um, <laughs> and and so you know, there you go. You have to look that one up. But um, <laughs> also um, with biology too, we use um, uh, cladistics for uh, classification. Mm-hmm. which is um, different than the older um, linean taxonomy, which more people are familiar with, you know, kingdom, phylum, class, order, you know, oh. et cetera. That's still used to name organisms, but the latest and the greatest and what you will find when your kids go to college is cladistics, um, which is classifying organisms um, based on a common um, ancestry or on their evolutionary history. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we really try to keep up with, with some of the latest things, you know, with, with the science. Our, um, our history and, us, and the science as well is, is based on a classical education style. Um, you know, the history goes through ancients, Middle Ages, early modern, modern times. Right. And the idea is that you'll study each one of those time periods for a full year um, starting in the first grade. And you'll repeat that three times, and that takes mm-hmm. you all the way through 12th grade. Um, so not only that for the history, but there's three other important um, points about our history. The first thing is is that um, we use history as a tool. So we're not studying history just for history's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, in, with today's technology, you can instantly know any fact. Right. Oh, sure. Just by looking it up on your phone, your iPad. So, so studying history and studying the facts about history is really a, is futile, I think. Right. I mean, unless you're going to be a contestant on Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, knowing those trivial facts is, is probably not very useful. So we <laughs> use history as a tool um, to synthesize other subjects. There's history, of course, but there's also geography, literature, writing uh-huh. um, that we infuse in there. Secondly, um, the history is used to practice critical thinking skills. So you're analyzing vast amounts of information. You're synthesizing it, evaluating it for its importance, and formulating an opinion, and then effectively arguing that opinion. Uh-huh. And now, we don't do that really necessarily in first grade, you know, yeah. but it, it starts. I mean, it, there's, there's concepts in there that start the critical thinking process. Um, just the fact that first graders are looking at multiple sources of, you know, getting their history from, you know, two or three different sources anytime they study a subject is starting that process of, of looking at things critically. And then by the time, you know, you get up to the level two, that's, of course, much more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, also, again, you know, the idea of the multiple resources, um, because no subject is more subjective than history, I don't oh, think. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and... Um, so many, much history reports are clearly biased. They're either, you know, liberal, conservative, or pro, you know, whatever country, you know, you want to uh-huh. put in there. Um, so we use um, several spines and um, 
different types of research to study history so that you get it from multiple points of view. Because um, even the history reports that appear to be neutral can be biased just mm -hmm. simply in what's left in and what, you know, what isn't mm -hmm. reported. So, so that's um, our styles. Yeah, very cool. Excellent. <laughs> so can you tell us how about how your products are designed to be used? Like if somebody was opening up the books for the first time, what they would expect? Um, yeah, well, like I said, the level one programs, both for history and for science, are are meant to be taught. So uh -huh. the books are written to you, the teacher. Um, there's parts that you read aloud to the child or the child can read aloud themselves. But really, the intent is they're more like teacher manuals uh -huh. um, that, you know, take you through teaching these classes, you know, these courses to your child. Where levels two and three, um, which would be middle school and high school level, mm -hmm. are um, student-led. Right. So the books are written to your child. Um, you're going to have to assist, you know, here and there and correct their work and, you know, different things like that and check in on them. Right. But basically, they're more independent courses. Mm -hmm. um, and did you ask about timelines? Not yet, but I was, that was my next question. We had a, a, a person on Facebook, a follower on Facebook, Darla, who wanted to know how do the timelines work? Yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, because they're just blank, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there's dates and there's groupings now, um, uh, different groupings for you to mark the dates on. But the idea, again, is that the timelines are a tool and they're, they're, especially vital in level two for history odyssey in fact they're required mm -hmm. either you can make one and we do give instructions in the courses on how to make your own mm -hmm. um you can buy ours you can buy somebody else's it doesn't matter but basically you want a blank timeline that just has dates um yeah and what what the student does is as they're going through a history course they will write dates that they come across that they deem as significant um, or that I've told them are significant in the course. Um, and they will, they will write those down um, on their timeline. And then periodically they'll stop and they'll do some sort of an activity with their timeline where they'll notice um, what's going on um, at different, different areas of the world at the same time. Because especially in History Odyssey Level 2, you study history regionally. It's chronological, but it's regional first. Okay. Um, so you might learn about the ancient history of China, and then you'll learn about, you know, then you might learn about, you know, Greece or, you know, however it works out. It's somewhat chronological. It's definitely chronological, but it's also regional. Mm -hmm. So you would, because there's just so much information. So you oh, would... Yeah. Uh, you would stop and you would look and you would analyze that and you would see what connections there were in history going on. And you can so easily see that when it's plotted out on the timeline. Mm -hmm. um, and then they would do different um, write-ups or activities mm -hmm. around. So it's, it's an organization tool. Right. It and it comes with stickers too, right? Yeah, there's optional stickers, which are fun. <laughs> so I know, Becky, how are you using yours? I Well, first of all, I love the stickers. Yeah. <laughs> we read through our section, whatever it is that we're doing, and then we go through the stickers together and we find what stickers go with that one. So if we just read about Napoleon, we look for the Napoleon sticker. Mm -hmm. And then right there, it tells you exactly the time you know period where Napoleon's supposed to go on the timeline. So we take the sticker and then we find the appropriate place on the timeline and we stick them on there. And what I've done is, because we're going to do level two soon, hopefully I can reuse the timelines. Can I reuse the timelines for level two? Oh, sure. I mean, 
you know, they're going to be marked up. But yeah, I mean, the dates haven't changed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. I just wasn't sure since I already put the level one stickers on there if it was still. Yeah, no, no. Well, the stickers are the same for every level. But um, but yeah, no, as they go back through it, actually, I think that's probably I hadn't thought about that before. But that's probably a pretty interesting way to use it. Because yeah, as you go back through, like, let's say you're studying ancient history again. Mm-hmm. You know, with the same child, they might, you know, remember when they marked those dates the first time, and then they might come up with other things that they could add um, um, to it. So I think that would be a great way to use it. Yeah, because I've, I've taken my old timelines after it, because my timelines are on the wall all year long, and then I take them down when we finish that and fold it up. And the stickers that weren't used for that, because we don't use all the stickers, it seems like, for level one. So I take all those and put them away, so I can put them back up yeah. again when we do level two. And it's one of the kind of fun things that we do at the end of our history lesson we all get up and we work on the timeline and it's kind of like that's our end of history and now we're ready to move on to the next subject and do you do you hang yours on the wall or do you put it yes yeah actually I I just recently posted a picture of it 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 sits right underneath our um, class logo and our motto I guess is the word I want and (laughs) and um, it's prominent right in our our homeschool area cool yeah I have all I have ours uh, they all fit on my wall I have a nice big wall and yeah. I just keep forgetting, I keep forgetting, hey, let's put that on the timeline. <laughs> so it's like whenever yeah. we remember, we go and we write it up there. And usually whatever it is that we find that we're we're studying about doesn't have a sticker. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh, all right, well, I'll write it in there. So we write, and after we started writing it in there, I discover, I, then I noticed the groupings. I'm like, oh, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my uh, my daughter Sarah, when we were homeschooling, she was like, we called her the timeline police because she was oh, yeah. always like, you didn't put that on the timeline. That should go on the timeline. So you know, if you designate one person, you know, to, to yeah, because you can do it with so many subjects. You oh, sure. have to be history. You do it with everything. Yeah, yeah, you could totally do it with everything. I love it. And I actually already have a a sort of timeline that I had put up that we had made out of. Um, wood it was it's like a, what do you call it like the the edging for you know for the, when you're doing a room the bottom yeah, edging yeah. the wooden edging I just made that and I just just because I wanted this, them to see from you know big bang to current time and then break it because so you can see that the historical time periods is this little dinky space all the way to the right you know <laughs> yeah. compared to all of time so that was kind of cool so we put your timeline above that so now we can fill in specifics because it's not really something you can really fill in you know it's just painted wood <laughs> and yeah. I put marks and I put time periods on it but yeah so then yours goes above it and then we when we remember we write on there you know Napoleon born you know whatever <laughs> so right I'm so jealous stuff. of Tina's wall space she I has have a big wall I was gonna yeah. say, that's a big wall especially if you so it's on top of each other not end to end yeah n- uh well it's two so I think I have them in a grid of two by two so I have oh, I have okay. them yeah so I have a lot wide enough for two of them so I just stack them so yeah. but yeah it's it's big enough and it's it's beautiful the colors I mean even when if it's not you know it's not that filled out yet but it looks beautiful on the wall <laughs> just the colors and everything I love it awesome. so can you give us some examples of some of the fun hands-on activities that, we, that I know you have in your curriculum? Give people some ideas. Oh, yeah. Kind of- uh, well, you know, in science, it's loaded. Um, <laughs> well, well, for chemistry, so we were just talking about chemistry. Um, at the at very end of the course, the last thing um, is that uh, students get to catch money on fire. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> little heads up, Becky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, um, and it, you know, it's, it's fun. But basically, you know, the theory behind that is um, that they learn that about combustion reactions mm-hmm. and that they're exothermic because they release heat mm-hmm. um, and that all combustion reactions need oxygen and produce new molecules at the end. Um, so that's the the lesson that they got before they do the activity. But it is kind of cool that they get to catch money on fire and watch yeah. that it actually does not burn. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And um, they also, in chemistry, they get to make uh, their own pH paper and they get to test the um, alkalinity and acidity of various objects. I and, remember that. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. Um, there's so many. Um, in history, there's lots of craft, uh, especially in level one. At level two, you get more into research-based um, projects um, and literature um, writing projects. But in level one, um, the I know, um, I think they, in the modern times level one, I know they make a war ration book and, and a victory garden like during World War II. Mm-hmm. And um, Sundiata, I think that's in... Is that an early, is that middle age? You did that, didn't you, Becky? Didn't you make the Sundiata King? The Oh, yes, yes. In fact, I literally just took them off my wall the other day because all of their little sun rays were finally resting down on their across their faces. <laughs> yeah, King of Mali. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's there's a lot of craft-based type of activities in, in level um, one and then more research-based in level two. But, you know, the idea is that it's all hands-on because I think that's that's the best way that um, children learn and that they yeah. retain the material that way. Because they're always going to remember making, you know, Sundiata oh, sure. and the Moloching, you yeah. know, out of paper plates and yarn, you know. Whereas if mm. you just read about that, they might not have, they might right. not you know, retain that. Exactly. Yep, definitely. So can you tell us which specific Pandia Press items you authored and a little about the process that you went through to create them? I authored the timeline and all the level two history odyssey. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Um, and generally it takes about a year to write a course and you spend the first six months researching <laughs> and about the next three months uh, deciding your scope and sequence <laughs> and the last three months if I'm doing my math correct, <laughs> and actually writing. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's a labor of love, I guess, but it, it's all consuming. It consumes your life. It takes over. Um, you, you know, eat, sleep, and drink the course, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're, it's like giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> To a baby or something, yeah. and um, and it's the coolest thing to have created something, and then people are actually using it in their homes. It's the neatest, the neatest thought. But um, so that's you know the process that I go through. I mean, every writer I I work with right now, ten different writers, and I'm sure they all have their own process. Sure. Um, I have writers that write in um, spurts. You know, because I, you know, see in Dropbox, the activity is like really, you know, going strong for about six days and then nothing, you know, (laughs) Um, and then I have, you know, some that are just slow and steady, you know, they do a little bit every day, Um, you know, so they do the writing um, and I'm not writing anymore. Um, Because level two is done. So I don't I don't author anymore. I just um, am busy doing editing and design and layout and and all that with the courses that other people are writing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so what was your favorite time period to work with? Well, my favorite time period to write was modern times level two. 
um, because there was so much material and information and it was hugely interesting to me to write that and and to come up with some really cool ways to synthesize the information and organize it and help um, students grasp a lot of the, the concepts because you know as you move along in history there's just more information available not that there's was more not that there's more happening now but there's just more you know to choose from and I love that as a writer mm-hmm. but probably my favorite to teach is middle ages it's so much fun mm-hmm. oh it is yeah I mean you know knights and you know yeah. I mean it's just castles and yeah you know it, it is it's just fun and you know there's so many activities to do yeah we built our recycle you know our recycle bin uh, castle and it was inhabited by little <laughs> Disney princesses and little um, Marvel Avenger characters for for quite a while. I finally was like sad that I had to let it go back out to the recycle bin again because we literally did not have enough room to keep it in the house anymore. Because it was so much fun watching them, you know, like Thor is coming through the drawbridge and the Disney princesses are all standing around waiting for him. And they're like making up these little stories with it and stuff. It was super awesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want to teach it again. I haven't taught Middle Ages now for, you know, probably about five years. So I really would love to teach that again. Yeah. It, it really is a fun time to teach. A lot of fun. So what is your educational background and experience? Um, well, my background is a bachelor in science. I went to the University of Florida. and I actually worked as an occupational therapist oh, huh. for about eight years. Um, that was my original you know, career. I have a minor in psychology and I'm about six credits short for my master's in education. Awesome. Um, that I work with authors though, that, um, are a lot more experienced than I am. Um, Blair Lee, and then you're, you're going to soon meet Dahlia Schwartz, um, who's coming out with the physics program. They both have their masters in their, their fields and have both taught at both the high school and university level. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lisa Hawkins, who is um, coming out with our um, little little uh, information here, that we're having a high school um, American history course coming out oh, cool. that she has written. And she has her master's in history and has taught at the high school and university level. She's also a grader and developer for AP history exams. Oh, wow. Um, and offers an AP history prep course. So um, she's, you know super qualified um, to be the um, writer of our American history course that's coming out. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to physics. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it being done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to teaching it, even though it's probably going to be, since it's a level one, it might be a little low level for Danielle. I think we're still going to do it because she's super interested in it. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, yeah, it's fourth grade, but, you know, I'm, I'm having it reviewed, you know, by, by different people and they're like, yeah, you know, it's fourth grade, but, you know, I'm using it with my sixth grader and they're getting a lot out of it. And, and again, it's, it's not dumbed down in any way. Um, I think the only real difference between, you know, it and probably what will be the level two course is that, um, there's just less research and writing involved. Um, the concepts are still there. All they're all still there, but they just doesn't go as deep into them. Um, so I think even for a slightly older child, even like a um, a middle school person, you know, to, middle school age child, to do our physics one, um, I don't think that they'll find it childish. Mm-hmm. Um, I would add, you know, I would probably add that you you'd have them do some lab write ups. Exactly. You know. That's what I was thinking. I could probably add to it to make it more her level while still using it as a basic 
outline of what to be teaching. Right. I can guarantee you that it's it's more than any other, you know, other fourth graders probably, you know, anywhere else in this country would be learning, you know, in yeah. physics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the way they're teaching science school. nowadays, it might be more than any kid learns yeah. physics in, in public school. I sure learned a lot editing it, I'll tell you. <laughs> I didn't know physics <laughs> until I edited the course. So Awesome. I was going to tell you, I, uh, one of your authors is actually local to us and is a friend of mine, Terry Williams. Oh, you know Terry? Yeah, she lived here when May, my oldest, who's 13 now, um, was a baby. I don't think she was a year, maybe a little, around a year. And we used to go hiking with her and her kids and her goats, awesome. her pack yeah, goats. I, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, she's actually going to be the illustrator for, um, she is the illustrator for the physics course that's oh, coming cool. out. And also Earth in Space 2. Yeah, oh, very she's cool. She's going to illustrate she's this. awesome. She's an yeah, awesome she person. Is. She she actually moved back a few years ago. So she actually lives, I think she lives up in Oakhurst now, somewhere around there. So she's local yeah, to us. Calorie. And I've told her, we need to go hiking. She doesn't have goats anymore, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> we can go hiking again. <laughs> she's a really cool lady. Small yeah. world, huh? I know. Isn't that funny? When I first saw uh, the the first level, what is it? I forget which. Was it Earth? No. Whatever the one is that life. she wrote. The life science. Yeah, life yeah. science. That's what it was. I was like, Terry Williams. Well, there's probably lots of Terry Williams in the world, right? And I emailed her, and she's like, yeah, that was me. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> what are the odds? Funny. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. So are there any other products? Did we get all of the products at Penn? I think we Penn got Day? them all. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so are there any things that might be helpful for someone who's visiting your website for the first time, who's looking into Pandaya that might help them to be able to maneuver through your website and to understand about um, what they're looking yeah. at? Yeah, I you know, and it's amazing to me how many people miss this, but there is a try before you buy page. Yes. Oh, okay. And it's over on the right-hand side in the little bar, and maybe we should make it bigger. Um, but it allows you to try out any course that we have before you buy it. Okay, just like cool. it says. Um, and you, and it's basically a PDF download and um, no strings attached. You know, you, you get it, you have it, you, you know, own it, whatever. Um, and it's the first part of every course. So, and then actually in a biology, it's not only the first part of the course, it's a little sampling from every unit throughout the whole rest of the course mm-hmm. because we really wanted you to see the scope of that. Of that, of that particular course. But for everything else, it's the first, I don't know, anywhere between four, maybe as much as 10 weeks, depending on how fast you go, um, that you can actually start using the course and try it out. And then if you like it and you want to continue, you know, you can purchase it. Or, you know, if you don't, then you don't and you can move on to something else. So um, that's been hugely popular. So I recommend people, you know, go there to the Try Before You Buy page. Um, and then... Um, if you go to the Pandaya store, which is where you can purchase um, either the ebook version or the print book, print version of all the courses that we offer, um, and you you click on on the different courses, it'll take you to an information page. You can read more, oh, read cool. more about it. Um, and then, other than Facebook, you know, I think Facebook's always a good resource. Yeah, definitely um, for finding things out. 
Yes. And I highly recommend the try before you buy pages. I always tell people it's not even just like one lesson, it's several lessons and you can really can get a good feel for how it's laid out, how it's going to work. And you can try it with your kids, everything you need to, to, do, for, to do it, as long as you have the books available, of course. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah, you need to do it is true. right there. So you can, it, it's not just looking it over and going, hmm, maybe. You can actually do it with your kids right then and there and, and see, is this something that, that's going to work for them? Right. Right. So I think that's super awesome. Mm-hmm. So was there anything else you wanted to share with our listeners today that we didn't cover? Um, yeah, just, um, you know, I guess as a reward for sticking with me for this long, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll give you, I'd like to give you um, a little information about what's coming down the pipeline for Pandaya Press. Um, cool. I'm not going to give exact release dates because it's Murphy's Law that once I give a release date, <laughs> I'll not make it. Of course. So I try not to do that. But um we do um, we do have some new things coming out. Of course, we remember we said that Physics One is coming out, um, and Earth and Space Two is in in process right now by Blair Lee, who has written two uh, two other science courses for us. Um, Lisa Hawkins is coming out with um, American History um, for High School. Mm-hmm. And we have a language arts odyssey oh. program. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna branch off into another subject, um, and it is going to be a literature based language arts program that is secular, which there mm. are few to none available. So yes. um, we're excited <laughs> about that, um, and we also have an art history course coming out, as well as a lap book supplement for um, for people that like to do those lap books awesome. for um, for some of the level one courses. Very and cool. yeah, and then also um, we had talked about maybe doing a discount yes. um, code, and um, so I'm not sure when this is going to air, but we could maybe run it for 30 days after it airs. Um, do you want to activate it after we've released? Do you want to yeah, do it that way? That yeah, and then um, uh, savvy would be the code word to save okay. 25%. Okay. Um, for like for like 30 days after this program airs. Awesome. That coupon code SAVVY will be good through the end of October 2014 and is redeemable at pandiapress.com. Okay, well, I think that was... Oh, no, I know. If people have any questions, what's the best way to reach you? Um, well, you can always try to send me a message on Facebook, but... Um, you know, sometimes I don't know. They just don't appear for me. I don't know what's, huh. what the deal is with that. So that if you fault. need to reach me, right, yeah, <laughs> it's your fault. Becky. That's right. It really That's is. right. Becky's your social media person. <laughs> it actually is my fault because if I read the message before you do it, nor, it doesn't it no longer shows it as a new message. Oh, no. Well, you know, and, and I have it so that if, if a person posts a message, and this is my doing, not yours, but if some, <laughs> a person posts a message on Facebook, Nobody can see it except for us, you know, because, you know, we had some issues. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One or two people just spoiled it for everybody. Of course, isn't that always the case? So so (laughs) then I make it public when I answer it. Um, So um, the easiest way to reach me, though, is email. In the yeah. fastest way, because I'm constantly, you know, checking email, and I think I'm I'm pretty darn good about getting back to people quickly. So, because um, customer service is number one, you know, mm-hmm. other than dropping what I'm doing to, you know, deal with my children, <laughs> customer service would be, you know, the next in line. So, um, it would be Kate at 
pandiapress.com. Awesome. Yeah, there's always that chance if you message them on Facebook or message you on Facebook, you're going to get me. So Yeah. <laughs> just, so not just message that. Becky through Savvy Homeschool Moms, right? <laughs> <laughs> just ask Be- Becky your question. <laughs> so funny. So you should create that. Just, just ask Becky. Yes. Yeah, just ask Becky. Because <laughs> Becky is always online, so. Yes. As, as am I. <laughs> no, I, yeah. she's much better at the social media. Thank you. I try. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was a fantastic interview. We had yeah, so much fun, fun talking to you. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Kate Johnson of Pandia Press. We sure enjoyed in- interviewing her. Sure, it was great. It was so fun. So uh, stay tuned for other interviews in the future. And if you have anybody that you'd like us to interview, any uh, curriculum manufacturer or, um, you know, person of interest for a homeschooler, just let us know and we will look into it for you. Awesome. So now it's time for our books of the week. What have you guys been reading, Becky? Well, after hearing you talk about it so much, I went <laughs> to the library and checked out Magic by Andrew. <laughs> Stage. Septimus so are, Heap. Yes, Septimus <laughs> Heap, the first book. Um, we're reading that together. You know, we open our school day every day with reading um, a book together. Fun. And um, so I read a chapter. And, and they've been asking, like, I, I always read at least one chapter, but they've been asking for more. So that's mm. kind of awesome. And they usually draw or something while I'm reading. And um, we're enjoying that one a lot. Danny, who is now, as of yesterday, officially 12 years old. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, what? So that's weird. I can remember when right? she the little tiny baby with the little scarf on her head looking like a Russian babushka. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I met you when I was pregnant with her. So. Oh, crazy. 12 years. Um, <laughs> she has finished um, Princess Callie and the Totally Amazing Talking Tiara by Daisy Piper. Um, also in that series, Princess Callie and the Fantastic Fire-Breathing Dragon and Princess Callie and the Race for the Ruby Cup. <laughs> I sense a pattern um, here. <laughs> yeah, it was a series. So. Uh, we, I like series books. So oh, they, yeah. You don't have to think about what you're going to read next. Mm-hmm. And then she started a new series, Magic 2.0, and she has read Off to Be a Wizard, and she is about halfway through Speller High Water, and those are by Scott Meyer. Um, and all of these I found on um, Amazon Unlimited. And I just realized I forgot to update you guys on Amazon Unlimited. So do you mind if I take a second right now and do that? Yeah, go for it. Because I waxed poetic about it in our last episode and I said <laughs> I'd report back. So it's been a month and I still love it. Okay. Um, yeah, I have found all sorts of great books on there and I've been loving getting the audio books. And um, for nine ninety nine a month, it is a steal. Cool. So um, there's my official review of Amazon Unlimited. Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and all of those books that I just mentioned, I got from Amazon. Unlimited. Oh, wow. So they're all yeah. ebooks. E- all, yeah, all ebooks. Uh, Danielle only really reads ebooks for pleasure. For school, she reads regular books. But. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack um, is still working hard on his All About Reading Readers, and he is doing so awesome. It's fantastic. Cool. And let's see, I uh, finished the first five books in the Chronicles of Nick series, which is a young adult series. Um, so those are Infinity, Invincible, Infamous, Inferno, and Illusion, all by Sherilyn Kenyon. And unfortunately, the next book in the series doesn't come out until March of 2015. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> so I'm a little depressed about that. Yeah. And had I known that at the time, I probably wouldn't have burned through them quite as fast. Oh, right. As- yeah. 
But um, that's okay. I'll wait till 2015, I guess, for the next one. <laughs> and I finished the Wayward Pines series. You may recognize Wayward Pines as a show that's coming out this fall, I believe, on ABC. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a book series that it's actually based on. And the book series is Pines, Wayward, and The Last Town, all by Blake Crouch. And then I read Lock and Key, book two and three, um, by Joe Hill, and 20th Century Ghosts, also by Joe Hill. Cool. What about you guys? What have you been reading? Well, not as much, but, <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> has, but um, let's see. Together, we finished The Far Walker's Quest by Johnny Sensel, um, which I highly recommend. Really good book, but I must give a caveat to those who have sensitive children. It is quite violent at times. In fact, it was shockingly violent a few times to the point where I was like, do I really want to be reading this to them? It's only a couple of instances that got really bad, but there's some darker. There's a girl that gets kidnapped, and it's all about her. They're really mean to her, and she actually gets cut at one point intentionally, and it's pretty intense. But the book is so well written that I couldn't, like, I couldn't throw the whole book out because of those, you know? I was like, let's just keep going. I know it's going to have a good resolution. And, you know, my kids are getting older now. They're nine and 13 so my standards are they're getting a little bit more loose because I used to be so firm about you know no violence when they're young but they're older now so I I think I can handle it but for those just for those of you out there who want to check this out I'm just warning you it is dark um at times and intense but it's so good oh my gosh the way that she writes it like you know it's one of those books where you feel like you're like chewing it you know like this is so well written you know like harry potter good you know yeah <laughs> and um the, the the characters are just so well developed and everything it's just so so good so anyway but and now we're on the second book um most of the way through it we're, we're nearing the end of the timekeeper's moon and so we'll be going on to the third one next one we're done with this one and that one actually has been uh, there hasn't been any of that kind of violence in this one, actually. It's more mystery kind of stuff. So, um, But uh, Maven has been reading, uh, let's see, she has been reading Dragon Flight and Dragon Spear, which are books two and three of the Dragon Slipper series by Jessica DeGeorge. She breezed through those. She's read them before, but she likes to reread series. And then she read... Um, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four. All four books in the... I think this is the Dragon Slippers. No, that was the Dragon Slippers series. This one is the... It's another dragon series. I apparently didn't write down the name of the series. But it's dealing with dragons, searching for dragons, calling on dragons, and talking to dragons. <laughs> Sense a pattern there. <laughs> she likes dragons. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and those are by Patricia C. Reed. I think she had read the first book before, but I don't think she had read any of the rest of them. So they're all new, and she's actually just finishing up the last book in that series, Talking to Dragons, right now. And Tiran actually decided, I took him to the library recently, which I know I've mentioned before, my kids are just not big library. I have no idea whose children they are. I love (laughs) the library, but they don't, they're like, eh, they could care less about going to the library. They were fine with me picking books out for them. But I actually took him with me this time, and he actually wanted to go. And he was actually browsing the shelves, much to my enjoyment. (laughs) And, um... He picked out the Wandala series that Maven had loved. Maven and I both had loved so much, and he decided he was going to read it. Now, that's a thick book. It's like Harry Potter thick, except it's a smaller book, um, mm-hmm. like shorter, so it's not as big. But it's a thick book. <laughs> so I was like, really? Okay, cool. And then I forgot there's actually a lot of pictures in it, too. It has really neat artwork in it. Um, 
So he started reading that, and normally he gets over, overwhelmed by really thick books, so I was surprised he yeah. picked it, you know? But he actually, I think he was influenced by the fact that Maven and I had talked so much about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and then so he actually whizzed through that in under a day. I could not wow. believe it. He sat, to, he started reading it from the time we got home, and he finished it the next morning. And I was just like, holy cow. And he was so proud of himself. I even took a picture and Instagrammed it (laughs) when he was most of the way through it. I was like, you cannot be this far through it. We just got the book. He's like, no, I've been sitting and reading the whole time, mom. I'm like, oh my gosh. So he loved that. He thought it was great. And so he's on the second book now. So that first book is called The Search for Wandala. And the second book is A Hero for Wandala. And that's Tony Dieterlitzi, which I'm sure everybody's heard me say many times now because they also did the Spiderwick Chronicles. So <laughs> um, we've read a lot of by him now. So, And me, nothing. I'm still too busy. I don't have time for books right now. <laughs> I'm like doing so many different projects. I've, I've got several things that I'm working on with websites, with my clients' websites and my websites and everything. I have not had time to even listen to podcasts hardly at all lately. So wow. <laughs> I don't have anything to report, but that's okay. I'll, I'm sure I'll pick some up again soon. There you go. <laughs> Well, speaking of books, if you're planning on purchasing any of the books we just mentioned from Amazon or Audible, please consider clicking through our affiliate links in the sidebar of our website at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. We have links to Amazon, Audible, Discount School Supplies, Kirkclick, and more. And it won't cost you anything extra, and it helps support the show. Yep. Yay! Yay! So now for some listener recognition. I actually discovered that there are reviews on Stitcher recently. I had no idea. I was exploring it. I don't even remember why, but I was exploring it for something. And I noticed that our show, I knew our show was on there because you had to manually put them on there and I had done that. But I didn't realize that you could leave reviews specific to Stitcher on there. So Vicky Cad said, look forward to each new podcast. I am a Christian homeschool mom and very much appreciate this podcast. Even though it is a secular podcast, the content is appropriate for Christian families too. These ladies provide great chit-chat, which I love, and great resources, educational content as well. A great balance. It feels like friends sitting together in our living room sharing experiences and ideas. Of course, I'd like to see podcasts more often, but I understand the need to prioritize your time. (laughs) Thank you, Vicki Cad. Thank you. And from, I'm going to say, Udeme? I think so. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'll continue listening. Found myself taking notes. Very pleased. Want more? Exclamation point, exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And from iTunes, we got a review from Lokalani, which says, love it. I love this podcast and all the information it provides. I especially love that it is a secular podcast. Every other podcast related to homeschooling seems to be religious. That's true. This is a breath of fresh air. I only wish they would increase their frequency, but I can understand it's not easy to do it weekly. But bi-weekly would be nice. Well, we're doing a little more frequently now, so hopefully we'll keep, hopefully that'll, we're getting more on the ball here, I think, and it's slowly improving things. Well, we (laughs) totally understand that people want to hear us more and we'd like to do more, but you know, that darn time. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got a great email from Kathy who says, I just wanted to take a moment to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast and weigh in on the great chit chat debate. (laughs) (laughs) I for one enjoy it. About the time I started listening early in your recording days, I wasn't too into the chit chat. I listened, but was eager to get to the information part of the show. About two years ago, we moved far away from my hometown of 40-ish years. We now live in a rural area, and making friends is a little slow. Maybe that's why I find that I enjoy the chit-chat portion immensely. It's like we're all old chums enjoying a visit and catching up. 
Well, except for me actually being there. LOL. <laughs> I especially look forward to hearing about your current book reads. Keep up the good work, and thank you for sharing your homeschool adventures. Most sincerely, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy, and everybody who gave us a comment. If you haven't done so yet, give us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read it. And we might even read it on the show. Yep. And on Stitcher, too, apparently. If you're listening on Stitcher, you can leave reviews on Stitcher as well, apparently. so Yeah, it's a new thing. I had no idea. I had no idea, yeah. It may have been going on all along, and we just didn't know. <laughs> Is that everything? I believe that is. Awesome. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com and you can find show notes specific to this episode at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 47. And while you're on our site, you can drop us a note or a voicemail and let us know if you have any ideas for show topics or guests. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week and come back and take a break with us again next time. Goodbye. Bye. So this year I have Tiran, who is in fourth grade. Well, no, I still have Tiran. I've always had Tiran. <laughs> it's not new. <laughs> this year I have a new kid. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on one second. Dang it, Tiran, I'm recording right now. Hey, I'm in the middle of recording. So what is it you need? You didn't earn any time on my phone, so no, you may not have my phone. No, no, you're pushing it. You just got off the computer. Go find something else to do. Go read your Wandala book. Do something. Go bug your dad. <laughs> Check out homeschoolrealm.com. I say calm. <laughs> uh, you said something similar. It yeah. sounds like homeschoolrealm.com. <laughs> there is no more tea, baby, but... um. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm like, what's a tea, baby? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Danielle <laughs> okay, was asking me if I wanted some more tea. <laughs> I'm like, like, what's there a tea, is... baby? There's no more tea, baby, and why do I care? <laughs> <laughs> also, we're using um, All About Reading. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. And then sometimes we just have to go a day without watching YouTube. And we survive. No one dies. <laughs> they have some root beer, yes. Okay, now everyone stop talking to me because I really need to finish this recording. <laughs> Get your brother some root beer too. Okay. Deep breath. I know I keep that in. <laughs> 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 this is how hard I work to get these things done. <laughs>